Welcome to Watershed's March podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove, uh, cinema curator here at Watershed, joined in this podcast by Steph Reed, who is the cinema programme assistant. Hello, Steph. Hey, Mark. Hello. Uh, together, we are going to talk through some of the cinematic delights that we have coming up for you over this month. Um, now, first, first up, um, I have to point you towards fantastic um, Chilean film, 1976, um, which I saw in, in Cannes last year. And it was it was a strong uh, Cannes Film Festival um, last year. Felt as though the festival was really back in full force. Um, and I went to see this small Chilean film, 1976, and was absolutely blown away by it. I thought it was... Well, I actually went up to the director, Manuela Michele, <laughs> after the screening and said, said to her, this is the best film I have seen in the whole of the festival, um, which pleased her no end, I have to say. Um, she's rather delighted at that, I think. Um, it's it's set in 1976, um, just immediately after the Pinochet military coup, um, and it follows a, a, a comfortable, well-heeled housewife, Carmen, uh, who's played really brilliantly by um, Aline Kupenheim. Um and she, she Carmen lives this kind of comfortable, cosy, bourgeois life. In fact, she's the opening of it is she's getting paint mixed to to for her for the seaside holiday home. She's the wife of a a doctor, a surgeon, um, so kind of well to do, well off, um, and pe- the, the kind of people that supported Pinochet. In fact, um, and she gets she gets asked to look after somebody who's by a family priest, by the family priest she's asked to look after somebody who's been injured. I mean, not, not really quite sure. Um, but what happens is that um, Carmen is slowly drawn into the fringes of the Pinochet um, resistance um, and the kind of anti-Pinochet uh, movement. Um, and of course what was happening around that time in, in Chile was the disappearances, you know, anybody who was against Pinochet um, sort of terrifyingly just disappeared. In fact, it won't, it's not a spoiler, but the opening, this is this is what's set up. She's getting the, the lovely paint mixed for her house. And, and outside there's noises in the street and people look out and you just don't know what happens. But as she goes to her car to get in, the, the guy takes it, the paint from the shop to the car, she notices a shoe that's left, which is an incredible sort of you know moment when you think about Pinochet's the army just taking people off the streets who were uh, uh, opposition um and so that kind of big weight obviously is, is it hangs over the film but it's a it's a it's a kind of incredibly what what really struck me is it's it's just so brilliantly constructed both in its look and also its style mm. um and it kind of reminded me of todd haynes um in films like carol and far from heaven which uses mm. a really rich color palette but but it's a it's a it's a kind of political thriller in a way because what what happens is her what was this cozy comfortable world is is slowly doesn't quite crumble but you feel the tension that begins to mount as she realizes that as she's helping this injured person 
then um, she's asked to do things which could bring her into problems with. She gradually kind of becomes more implicated as yeah. it progresses, and, kind and of. You just feel the kind of unease in the sense of you mm. know, her um, world in danger of completely collapsing. And um, it's quite Hitchcockian in, in that way, I thought. Um, mm. You know, it's got a real sort of thriller feel to it. Um, so, so it's kind of, it's kind of constructed awful. through those like details, like you said, like like the shoe though, like it's never too explicit in no. what exactly those threats are or what shape they would take in terms of how it builds that tension really cleverly yeah. throughout. It, it doesn't, it, and it would have been really easy for um, mm. her to to Carmen to kind of have a relationship with the guy who's short, young, looks, um, in the course as a kind of Christ-like imagery of the of the guy that's short that she's tending to. So it's kind of got that religious uh, um, um, symbolism as well. But the film doesn't just doesn't go there because it's about Carmen's, uh, you, you know, will she take the risks? Will she kind of play a part? But also the wider feeling of unease that the country must have been in. And, and when I chatted to um, Manuela, actually, after the, the screening, um, and I, I watched some interviews with her, she, she, she talks about, you know, she was born after, obviously, what happened. But... She, it, it, she was thinking about her grandmother when she made the film and um, the fact that, you know, her, her grandmother's life kind of ended in a, in a way that she didn't fulfil everything that she wanted to do. And so she was thinking about her, her grandmother's, um, the ordinariness of the life, but also the, the extraordinary kind of historical period that she went through. Um, and I think she just really captures that uh, sense of a bit like the Spanish, I think, are dealing with with life under Franco. Um, there's a mm. younger generation now who's looking back at well, what 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 were my grandparents doing? You know, because the the generation that was the the kind of mothers, fathers, the children of the grandparents, it was a kind of tacit. Let's not talk about it. Let's not you know go there for the sake of uh, you know peace, as it were, post Pinochet or you know post Franco. Whereas that younger generation um, are like, what happened there? And I think this is mm. very much a film of that kind of, she's probably in her 30s, I think now, 30s, early 40s, looking back. But it's absolutely brilliant, as I say, across the board filmmaking for me. So that's that's my tip for the highlight for the month. Mm. And, and when, when people start saying uh, film of the year, I've already heard people saying, for example, Women Talking is my film of the year. Well, 1976 is my going to be up there, one of my films of the year. And um, we have the director, yeah, on yeah. the 23rd. Yes, no, it's great. She's, or, going, she's, she's going to come down. She's over in the UK doing a couple of uh, Q&As. So we'll have um, her visit. And the other thing I meant to say about it as well is... Um, the, the the it's in a kind of off it seems you know it's, I think it's a mainly female team um that have that have made the film and the cinematographer uh, who needs to be mentioned because it just looks fantastic is Yarara mm -hmm. Rodriguez but the music in particular um I, I was struck by it's sort of everything everything good reminds me of Mika Levy <laughs> and, I agree. <laughs> exactly, and um, it's by this. It's by a, a woman, Maria Portugal. Um, and when they were talking about doing the music, the music of the period would have been sort of, you know, very sort of classic music or very typical Chilean music. And, and they, they, what they thought, which was really brilliant, is they thought to themselves, 
what what kind of music was happening in film at the time around the seventies? And of course, you had John Carpenter, you know, the kind of horror-y type film. So they, mm. they, they kind of worked with that as a, as a soundtrack. And of, of course, what that does is just really heighten the sense of foreboding and unease. Um, so again, I really recommend it in lots of different levels. So yes, um, well crafted film. Yeah, Manuel is going to be uh, with us um, later in the, the month, and it also did prompt me to, because I was struck by when I when I watched it, this fugitive being being cared for a stranger that appears. Um, I immediately thought of Brian Forbes' 1961 film Whistle Down the Wind, which similarly has a kind of Christ-like fugitive who's hiding in a barn in Lancashire and is discovered by a group of um, school kids, um, Hayley Mills famously being one of them, who think it's the second coming. Um, but in fact, it's Alan Bates with a beard who's on the run. Um, but, that, but just that sort of, you, you know, their life is kind of changed um, by this stranger that suddenly appears. And so I've put together a season um, which runs through March, which includes, as I said, the, the um, Whistle Down the Wind, but also um, Austin Wells's The Stranger, very rarely seen film noir that Austin Wells did at the later end of his studio career, where he is, in fact, The Stranger, who may, may well be a Nazi, leading Nazi fugitive from Second World War, uh, being hunted down by Edward G. Robinson in small-town America. It, 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 the, the, the film, it's his performance, and he directed that Andy actually acts in it and his performance is the kind of template or prototype for Harry Lyne in The Third Man. Uh, it's not a major Austin Welles film but it's it's there's lots of things in it to appreciate most of which is Russell Metty's cinematography uh, and then Pasolini's Theorem which somebody reminded me about when I was thinking about this season um, which stars an angelic turned stamp who rocks up to a well-heeled Milanese Italian family and begins to sleep with all the members of the family <laughs> and uh, causes um, anarchy uh, and he may well be he may well be an angel he may well be the devil um, you need to watch it to find out but caused a lot of problems at the time of its release criticised by the Catholic Church um, but it's Pasolini uh, and Mind you, not criticised by the Catholic Church. <laughs> yes, yes he, he, quite, quite, quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and then um, finally, Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt, which is actually not a stranger, but it's it's in the film that turns up. It's actually an uncle, uh, Uncle Charlie, played by Joseph Cotton, um, and his niece, who's also called Charlie after the favourite uncle his niece begins to realise that maybe the uncle's not everything that the uncle says they are. And interestingly, Hitchcock actually talked about it as being his favourite film. So, A Stranger Comes Calling, coming out of 1976, is um, the season. And Whistle Down the Wind is on 35mm. And Whistle Down the Wind is on 35mm, so that's another reason for getting along to see that. But yeah, so... um. That, with the Chilean connection, there's another one, isn't there, that's coming up? 
Yeah, on the same day actually. So both released on March twenty fourth. There's also um a film from Francesca Allegria, I think, called um The Cow Who Sang a Song into the Future, which again is a Chilean set um kind of magical realist film drama that kind of dives into what were you gonna say? Well I was gonna say with a title like that. I mean what a fantastic title. <laughs> I mean yeah. The Cow Who it's Sang Australian. Into the Future. Yeah. It's even better in Spanish, but I'm not going to attempt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should we should have looked that out. But, we'll... but yeah, I I really liked it. I thought it was kind of really interesting way of diving into kind of generational family kind of connections, but with a bit of a twist, which I won't say in terms of how that comes about. It also kind of connects into like themes of like pollution and the climate and like environmental yeah. concerns in a way as well because it's a you know polluted river and there's a real focus on the impact that that has both on like the fish and then also the cows um as a knock-on effect of that and it kind of uses that as a starting point to look into our, our connection relationship to both kind of the land and the animals on it um so it's got that kind of naturalistic spiritual element kind of running through as well and some really brilliant performances i thought and again a female driven um, mm. you know, directing and also on screen because it is about it's kind of about motherhood, isn't it? Which is quite interesting that two films from Chile, you know, both opening in the same day in, in in March. Kind of, there's definitely well, actually, there's a whole generation come through. And in fact, our colleague Lorena, who's doing the MA curation, is is her area of specialism is Latin American cinema, and she's she was saying that there is that generation that was born in the 1980s that have kind of come of age and are now in, in a lot of women. Um, well, she's going to be mm. with four women directors and, and they're, they're making international, uh, internationally acclaimed cinema, of which 1976 and The Cow Who Sang Into the Future are two great examples. Including as well, um, the director, Manuela, was an actor previously. Um, yeah. So he was acting in films in the you know, early 2000s and is now kind of graduating to directing our own feature, which again is that kind of movement from, you know, watching and participating in films and then those women now come in and directing them. And then um, also this this month is a film that um, we both, uh, well, we both liked those previous films and we also like this, 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 <laughs> this, this other Maybe one. We seem to agree a lot. <laughs> yeah, we seem to agree. No, that's good. Um, but is this um, Lunana? Yes. A Yak in the Classroom. Yeah. Again, another feature film debut yeah. and was nominee for Best International Feature at this year's Oscars. And I think it was Bhutan's first ever Last year's. nomination, right? Last year's. Last year's, yeah. Yes, because it was, yeah. Uh, it's kind of about a kind of city raised young teacher being um, posted to what's perhaps the world's most isolated school. <laughs> Or yeah, not far it, from it. It. Takes, it takes a few days to get there, and it's, 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 it's set in set in Bhutan in the the mm. years, and yeah, he's 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 a bit of a he's a bit of a so he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a lazy teacher, um, and he's be, he's to go on placement, and his his advisor um is not happy with his behaviour, um, and he's not he's not really taking this teaching job seriously. So sends him out to the most isolated school in the whole of Bhutan, which um, you know takes at least four or five days of serious walking to to get there. 
There's another VM scene as they're like trekking through because he's greeted by kind of guides who then take him the last step of the journey. And um, he's quite attached to his kind of digital items from his phone to his headphones and his music. And there's a moment when his headphones run out of charge and you kind of, through the sound design as well, you really get the kind of levels of um, the, the noises of the animals and all the nature around him kind of really lifts up in that moment. And you can kind of feel him slightly start to consider embracing yeah, yeah. Well, his position out there. But I mean, it's beautifully filmed on location. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. full of stunning shots of the mountains. Um, and, and the a cast, when he eventually arrives in Lunana, um, I read that the cast are largely actually drawn from the village itself. Mm. Um, and a lot of them had never even seen a camera before the film oh, was really? actually shot. Yeah. It certainly um, feels it and, certainly feels very authentic, which is what gives it its its one of its strengths as a mm. film is it's got a very um yeah, a very authentic sense to it. Very um big hearted as well and feel good, which yeah. In fairness, I don't think it can be said about a lot of our program at the moment. So. Well, I, I think that's what... <laughs> looking for an uplifting little film. I think that's what both attracted us to it, is that we're seeing a lot of, <laughs> a lot of films that are about very uh, complicated situations and complex, complicated world uh, that we live in. And here's this film which is 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 charming in its simplicity in a way, but <laughs> is, is about you know somebody who's dealing with city life I guess, and modern life, modern city, digital life, as you say, um, who's transported into uh, extreme rural life with no, mm. si- with no signal and has to rely, has to, <laughs> has to develop um, that personal relationships and sort of communication, of course, as, as a teacher and realises the importance of those kind of rural, traditional rural values and also the importance of teaching there's a there's a there's a, mm-hmm. wonderful, there's a wonderful line in it when it's because the, the the whole community comes out to meet him when he's coming up and it's like they've they've walked for two hours just to greet him and meet. see why why are they i think he asks why are they um why do they take teachers you know why do i get treated like this and they said oh because the teach the teachers touch the future which is mm. just like one of those wonderful sayings it, it mm. could sound like, which is, of course, that's what teaching does. It's about the kind of future um, generation. And then the payoff is that he, he, he does indeed have a yak in the classroom as well. That's what it says on the tin. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to watch a film called Lunana in the <laughs> classroom if it didn't appear. But I really, yeah, <laughs> I think, well, we both really recommend um, seen that it's, it is it is an uplifting um, film in terms of its just kind of simple uh, message mm. about um, you know those kind of as I say traditional uh, values and as you say the because it does kind of like investigate the kind of because there's that whole perception of Bhutan as being like the happiest nation in the world mm. while being very small but um it's kind of interesting in how it looks into kind of what that means for that younger connected generation you know more exposure and um, to outside influences than any generation previously. And it kind of challenges his position by taking him into that rural area and exposing him almost to the traditions that he hasn't seen yet because he's been so wrapped up in well, cities and digital so connectedness. Yeah. I think it's more the, the disconnectedness 
from the natural, mm. the disconnectedness from the natural. Disconnected from the natural and the overconnectedness to uh, yeah, to the to everything the, else going on outside. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lovely yeah, which which kind of pulls it all together. Um, that theme, mm. I think, which I would say any more about, people can enjoy it for themselves, but it's a really nice uh, moment that um, connects that. This month sees the climax of the awards season uh, with the Oscars, and of course last month we had the BAFTAs. Banshees of Inishirin won big, the BAFTAs, overshadowed of course by All Quiet in the Western Front, which was the kind of surprise sweeping the board. And we, we, we screened that in its initial release, which was only a week because it's a Netflix film, um, it's a standard Netflix release. But they've they've reissued it on 35mm, um, which we're going to show. Mm. Yeah, the weekend directly before the Oscars. Yeah, so people have an opportunity to see that again. Because I think a lot of people missed missed it. Well, they'll have watched it. Missed it, but will have watched it on Netflix. <laughs> missed mm. it in the cinema, but will have watched it on Netflix. <laughs> So we're going to, um, people can catch up on that in the cinema. And we're also screening three films, some of which were They're kind of from the BAFTAs, but actually looking ahead for the Oscars. Some of them might be winners there. We kind of went for an Irish focus almost, semi-inadvertently on the titles that we're bringing back. I'm kind of to celebrate, I think it's Ireland's most successful Oscars run in terms of the amount of nominations received for pictures, you know, either the yeah. Irish pictures or pictures star, you know, actors yeah. from Ireland. So we're bringing back um, Banshees yeah. um, and also the Irish language feature Quiet Girl, which we screened when it came out last year. And uh, well, again, I think, one of I think, your mind favourite films of last year in terms of. Yeah, I think people will have missed The Quiet Girl, which was mm. a fantastic film. Kind of reminds me of nineteen seventy six in a way in which is the 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 atmosphere is created in the film. There's something really quite tense and unnerving about it. But um, mm. it's, a, it's and it's a, that focus on the kind of the details as well, yeah. rather than explicitly on any kind of action. And the period because it's actually set in the nineteen eighties yeah. in in Ireland. So it's yeah, really very um, the attention to to that period detail is really strong. Um, so yeah, a lot of people missed that. There's an opportunity to see it, and as you say, I mean the 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 Irish industries, you know, really seems to be on a high. And of course, uh, you know, whilst uh, After Sun is is Scottish, Paul Mescal is Irish, so continues the continues the, uh, continues the Irish strength and trend. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about it actually. The Quiet Girl and After Sun, I feel like there are kind of similarities between those that I hadn't kind of thought of at the time, but just now that we're screening them as two out of those three films over that week, I mean, they're both kind of, I mean, they're both pretty heartbreaking in some yeah. ways, but there's that focus, again, a bit like with 1976, but there's a real focus on like gestures, I, I think, in both to convey, you know, things that aren't explicitly said it's, aloud. It's, it's the unspoken, isn't it? It's... And it's it's they're actually all I think now that you say that is um very, that's why they're very cinematic because they're very mm. unspoken um in terms of with the detail um you think you think you feel as though lots is happening off screen the film is creating this world but there's a lot of stuff that's happening off screen um in them as well as the quiet girl and and after sun focusing on 
children, you know, young, young female characters at the centre as well. And there's kind of relationships with, um, you know, your parents, parents which is yeah. something that is also um, kind of the focus of the upcoming film, also starring Paul Maskell at the end of the month, God's Creatures, mm. which is a psychological drama set in a fishing village, I think, on the coast of Ireland. Um, it stars Emily Watson alongside Paul Maskell, and I think she plays his mother. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it, but I think she covers up for him. And it's kind of looking at that tension between, you know, where's the line of how much you do for your child? Yeah, because God, God's Creatures, um, it's been around in the festival circuit for a while now, and I think given the success of After Sun, um, that, you know, and with Paul Mescal really riding high now with, um, you know, he's nominated for the Oscars, um, and, you know, amazing stage play, Streetcar Named Desire he's doing, which is transferring to the West End. They've obviously thought, yeah, let's get this um, film out um, to sort of maximise on that. Oh, we didn't even mention the Hong Kong uh, Film Festival. Yeah. On tour. Which comes, film festival. Which, which, comes, which comes back um, after mm. a successful uh, first year last year um, is, is back in this month. Um, From the 19th to 31st, we've got five screenings, um, including opening with a over four and a half hour documentary epic, If We Burn, um, which just played at Rotterdam and is, you know uses footage. To, it was recorded during the kind of civic uprising in the summer of 2019. So um, for fans yeah. of durational cinema. <laughs> Yeah, get get along, get, get along for that, and <laughs> and also you know political cinema as well because it's it will be yeah. dealing with you know what's happened um in the 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 results of you know what's happened in Hong Kong um very emotional screenings when we had them last some time. really hard hitting titles there yeah but that's all we've got time for for this month um check watershed.co.uk for more information there's much more on that's happening in the cinema and we hope to see you there thank you very much steph cheers mark